we're continuing with uh, talking about the tabernacle and we're now up to what the priests were going to wear and the high priest in particular. Exodus 28. Bring Aaron your brother and his sons with him near to you from among the children of Israel that he may minister to me in the priest's office. Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, Eleazar and Ithamar, Aaron's sons. You shall make holy garments for Aaron your brother for glory and for beauty. You shall speak to all who are wise-hearted, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to sanctify him, that he may minister to me in the priest's office. These are the garments which they shall make, a breastplate, an ephod, a robe, a fitted tunic, a turban, and a sash. They shall make holy garments for Aaron your brother and his sons, that he may minister to me in the priest's office. They shall use the gold, the blue, the purple, and the scarlet, and the fine linen. They shall make the ephod of gold, blue, purple, scarlet, and fine twisted linen, the work of a skillful workman. It shall have two shoulder straps joined to the two ends of it, that they may be joined together. The skillfully woven band which is on it shall be like its work of the same piece, of gold, blue, purple, scarlet, and fine twisted linen. You shall take two onyx stones and engrave on them the names of the children of Israel. Six of their names on the one stone and the names of the six that remain on the other stone in the order of their birth. With the work of an engraver in stone, like the engravings of a signet, you shall engrave the two stones according to the names of the children of Israel. You shall make them to be enclosed in settings of gold. You shall put the two stones on the shoulder straps of the ephod to be stones of memorial for the children of Israel. Aaron shall bear their names before Yahweh on his two shoulders for a memorial. You shall make settings of gold and two chains of pure gold. You shall make them like cords of braided work. You shall put the braided chains on the settings. You shall make a breastplate of judgment, the work of a skillful workman, like the work of the ephod. You shall make it. Of gold, of blue, of purple and scarlet, of fine twisted linen, you shall make it. It shall be square and folded double. A span shall be its length and a span its width. You shall set in its settings of stones four rows of stones. A row of ruby, topaz and beryl shall be the first row. And the second row, turquoise, a sapphire and an emerald. The third row, a jacinth, an agate and an amethyst. And the fourth row, a chrysolite, an onyx and a jasper. They shall be enclosed in gold in their settings. The stones shall be according to the names of the children of Israel, twelve, according to their names. Like the engravings of a signet, everyone according to his name, they shall be for the twelve tribes. You shall make on the breastplate chains of cords of braided work of pure gold. You shall make on the breastplate two rings of gold, and shall put the two rings on the two ends of the breastplate. You shall put the two braided chains of gold in the two rings at the end of the breastplate. The other two ends of the two braided chains you shall put on the two settings and put them on the shoulder straps of the ephod in its forepart. You shall make two rings of gold and you shall put them on the two ends of the breastplate on its edge, which is toward the side of the ephod inward. You shall make two rings of gold and shall put them on the two shoulder straps of the ephod underneath, in its forepart, closed by its coupling above the skillfully woven band of the ephod. They shall bind the breastplate by its rings to the rings of the ephod with a lace of blue, 
that it may be on the skillfully woven band of the ephod, and that the breastplate may not swing out from the ephod. Aaron shall bear the names of the children of Israel in the breastplate of judgment on his heart, when he goes into the holy place for a memorial before Yahweh continually. You shall put in the breastplate of judgment the Urim and the Thummim, and they shall be on Aaron's heart when he goes in before Yahweh. Aaron shall bear the judgment of the children of Israel on his heart before Yahweh continually. He shall make a robe of the ephod of blue. It shall have a hole for the head in the middle of it. It shall have a binding of woven work around its hole, as it were the hole of a coat of mail, that it not be torn. On its hem you shall make pomegranates of blue and of purple and of scarlet all around its hem, with bells of gold between and around them, a golden bell and a pomegranate, a golden bell and a pomegranate around the hem of the robe. It shall be on Aaron to minister, and its sound shall be heard whenever he goes into the holy place before Yahweh, and when he comes out, that he may not die. You shall make a plate of pure gold, and engrave on it, like the engravings of a signet, holy to Yahweh. You shall put it on a lace of blue, and it shall be on the sash, it shall be on the front of the sash. It shall be on Aaron's forehead, and Aaron shall bear the iniquity of the holy things, which the children of Israel shall make holy in all their holy gifts. It shall be always on his forehead, that he may be accepted before Yahweh. You shall weave the tunic with fine linen. You shall make a turban of fine linen. You shall make a sash, the work of the embroiderer. You shall make tunics for Aaron's sons. You shall make sashes for them. You shall make headbands for them, for glory and for beauty. You shall put them on Aaron your brother and on his sons with him, and shall anoint them and consecrate them and sanctify them, that they may minister to me in the priest's office. You shall make them linen pants to cover their naked flesh. They shall reach from the waist even to the thighs. They shall be on Aaron and on his sons when they go into the tent of meeting, or when they come near to the altar to minister in the holy place, that they don't bear iniquity and die. This shall be a statute forever to him and to his offspring after him. Wow, did you get all that? <laughs> if you had to make that, how would you go? I think it's interesting that when you see drawn pictures of the priests and the high priest, they always seem to be drawn wearing white. But what we've read here is that the, the robe is blue and you know it's supposed to be made of red and blue and, and twisted linen and there's all these bright colors. And I'm pretty sure the priests would have looked fantastic. And uh, it, a lot of detail went into describing this thing called the ephod. Now the ephod is kind of like an apron that's worn over the top of the robe. You remember that later on in the Bible, there's a story of King David and it says he danced before God with all his might wearing only an ephod. So sometimes you've heard in church they said that David danced in his underwear. Well, it was kind of like that, but it was kind of like an apron of a sort that David danced in and that was all he was wearing, apparently. But here, <laughs> um, here the uh, ephod is something that went over the top of other clothes. And uh, this ephod is elaborate. It's got a square thing on the front, a breastplate, and it's got 12 stones for the 12 tribes, and they're all different sapphires and 
onyx and one of my sons has been collecting rocks and he showed me all different rocks. We've got sapphire at home and we've got jasper and some of these things. And it, it is, that would be an interesting breastplate with those different stones set in it like that. But then there's a thing called the Urim and the Thummim. And it was just described in that chapter as it said, place it inside the breastplate. Of, so that it's something that somehow gets put into the breastplate. And this was used all the way through the Bible in the Old Testament part anyway, whenever they had to inquire of the Lord. And so, for example, there's a story in 2 Samuel. I think it's, uh, didn't write down my scripture here, but I think it's uh, 1 Samuel chapter 30, where David, um, he wants to ask the Lord a question. And he says to Abiathar the priest, go and bring the ephod. I want to inquire of the Lord. So what was happening there was they were getting this Urim and Thummim, these things, whatever they were, and they were going to find out what the Lord wanted. So this is very, very cool um, because this is something that the high priest had in his clothing. So um, before I explain what I think about that, um, there's been a lot of theories over the years about what is this Urim and Thummim. And the reason it's called those two words is because those are the Hebrew words and there's nothing, we, we don't have any word to translate it into. We don't know what those are. The meaning of what those are is lost. So um, for example, with the stones in the breastplate, they have a Hebrew name and we use the English name, but these are the Hebrew words, the Urim and the Thummim, we don't know what they are. But some people think they were like dice that you would cast and then through the dice, the Lord would reveal his answer. Some people think it was something else. Some people think it was just a yes or a no answer. So you'd give the Lord a question like, David, shall I go pursue the Amalekites? And the Lord said, yes, pursue them. You will overtake. Um, so you get like the yes or the no. Um, we, we don't really know all of that. But um, the thing that I find striking is that this was a part of the ephod. It was part of the high priest's clothing. So when David called for the ephod, he was basically calling for the high priest to come, bring it with him. And in the New Testament, guess who's the high priest? <laughs> it's Jesus. Jesus is our high priest. And I think, because some people have said, oh, I wish we had a Urim and a Thummim and we could just find out anything from the Lord. Well, you do. You do have a Urim and a Thummim. It's Jesus because he's your great high priest. And if you want to inquire of the Lord, who do you go to? You go to Jesus. <laughs> In fact, it's better than the Urim and the Thummim. The only difference is that the Lord is a person. And as a person, because he's personal, he's God, but he... Um, he wants to see the sincerity of your request. And he doesn't always answer in the instant. But the one thing with the Lord is if you seek him, you find him. So if you have a question of the Lord and you go to inquire of the Lord, you persevere with him, you will get an answer from him in the way and in the timing that he wants to answer you. And um, there's a few more interesting things here with this, uh, with this whole high priest's clothing. And the first is that it was seamless. And um, so it was made out of one, the robe, this is the, the big long underneath garment, was made out of one piece of fabric and they cut a hole in the top so that it would go over the, over the priest and there'd be a belt or something to tie it in place. That's the sash. And so you've got a seamless garment, but it was actually reinforced, like they actually did stitch around the collar so that it couldn't be torn. In other words, to tear that, 
would have taken a great deal of effort. And so we see that when Jesus was walking around the earth, he actually wore a seamless garment. And we know that because when he died on the cross, um, the soldiers were casting lots for his clothes and when they, you know, for his items. And when they came to his robe, they decided not to tear it because it was one piece. Jesus actually wore a seamless garment. In other words, he was wearing the symbol of being a high priest. It's amazing. But then, even more interesting than that, that was John 19, 23, by the way, but in Mark 14, verse 53, Jesus is actually standing before Caiaphas, who's the high priest in the temple at that time. And um, the high priest binds Jesus under an oath and says, tell us plainly, uh, you know, if you're, you know, basically if you're the Messiah, if you're God or not. And Jesus says, I am. And <laughs> Jesus has got no choice but to answer the, like he, he kind of like dodged that question at other times. But because he was bound under an oath, he had no choice but to answer it. And then Caiaphas the high priest rips his clothes. <laughs> you can't imagine it. He, the, the, the high priest's clothing has been designed so it will not rip. But the high priest is so vexed that he actually grabs his clothes and rips them. So here we've got a, an interesting picture where Jesus is our high priest. He's wearing a seamless garment. But the high priest of the day who had a seamless garment on rips his seamless garment. And in that moment we see who's the real high priest? <laughs> Jesus. And even worse, in Leviticus chapter 10 verse 6, we'll get to that in the weeks ahead. There's a specific command given to the high priest. He is not to rip his clothes. So the priest, the high priest of the time, Caiaphas, actually broke the law in doing so. Who was the true high priest? Jesus Christ. There's obviously a lot in here. You could read a chapter like this talking about the clothing and you could think there's nothing in it, but it's full of talking to us about Jesus, just like so much of the Old Testament. It's incredible. So Lord, I thank you that you're our high priest. I thank you that you wore that seamless robe and today... Lord, your covering over us is seamless. Lord, the covering over the body of Christ, that's, that's your people. It's seamless. Lord, we're perfectly covered. I thank you that when we place ourselves under Christ, we're in the right place. And so I pray today now that the ministry of Christ might be more and more real to us and that we might come to love and know Jesus more and more in all things. Amen.